Hi, and welcome back to episode two of Doc's Talk Story, where we share the journeys, accomplishments, typical day, and advice of doctors practicing here in Hawaii in the hopes of inspiring our listeners and helping medical students navigate the wide range of specialties the medical field has to offer. My name is Enze, and I'll be your host for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. On today's episode, we have Dr. Diana Huang, an OBGYN in private practice. Dr. Huang attended medical school and residency at McGill University in Canada, and she's been practicing here in Hawaii for over 20 years now. So let's welcome Dr. Huang to the show, and uh, thanks, Dr. Huang, for joining us. Um, thanks, Enzi, for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, just for our listeners, Dr. Huang and I go way back uh, and she's my mentor, and she actually coded me at the white coat ceremony. Um, so I'm so excited uh, that you're here to share your story with all of us. Um, so just to start, could you tell us about how you got into OBGYN and kind of what your story was like up until this point? Um, I actually grew up in Canada and went to school at McGill University in Montreal, so I did my undergraduate degree there, then medical school, and then into OBGYN. Um, I didn't decide to go into OBGYN until during my clinical rotations in my third and fourth year of medical school. Um, after I went through the different specialties, I found that I really um, liked doing OBGYN. There was a special um, mentor uh, who was my professor that I really admired, and um, I decided to apply for OBGYN. Did you consider any other specialties along the way? Um, not really. Um, I there wasn't anything that really um, that I really had a passion for, um, except uh, OBGYN. There were some uh, specialties that I thought of, such as radiology, but um, it's a very different uh, field of medicine where you don't you have limited patient contact and you're mostly working in a dark room reading films. Mm -hmm. Was there anything really special about OBGYN that attracted you to this field? I think it's one of the few specialties where there are both internal medicine and surgical aspects to it. So um, there is part of it in internal medicine where you're managing uh, gynecology, but there's also a surgical aspect to it where you can uh, do some surgeries as well, gynecology, surgery, uh, C-sections, obstetric surgery. So it's one of the few fields where you um, have benefit of both worlds. Yeah, that's so cool. I think um, just being able to have both that procedural aspect and the clinical office work as well. Um, I'm wondering how much of your work in your practice is procedural versus more of the in-office work? Uh, so that's another great part about OBGYN is you can kind of uh, decide how much of each aspect you'd like to uh, have in your practice. I decide to do general OBGYN because I like doing um, general obstetrics as well as gynecology and being able to do surgeries as well as um, providing for women's health. Uh, that would be the more internal medicine aspect. 
There are subspecialties in OBGYN, such as maternal fetal medicine, where you specialize in taking care of high-risk pregnancies, or gynecology, where you're doing more of the surgical aspects. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about the other options to subspecialize? So you mentioned one of them. Are there others? Yeah, there actually are quite a few others. So maternal fetal medicine, taking care of high-risk pregnancies, um, So there, you wouldn't really see any gynecology. Uh, There's gynecology oncology, where you take care of uh, cancer, uh, women's cancers. Uh, There's also infertility, uh, reproductive endocrinology and infertility, where you're helping women get pregnant, such as in vitro fertilization. Um, There's, you can now specialize in laparoscopy, uh, robotic surgeries. Mm-hmm. And all these uh, sp- subspecialties, they would be, you know, add a few more years onto an OB-GYN residency? Right. So it would add usually another, at least another one or two years. And sometimes if you do research, it could be three years. I see. I see. Uh, so what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, a regular day would be uh, coming to the office at uh, 8.30 in the morning, uh, turning on my computer, seeing, start seeing patients uh, one after another. Uh, usually I take a break for lunch and then come back to the office and see more patients in the afternoon. Sometimes um, a few times a week I might have surgeries, so I usually schedule them during my lunch hour. So I'll go to the hospital uh, during lunch. Like uh, yesterday I was there for laparoscopy uh, surgery and then came back to the office and um, saw more uh, appointments for the rest of the afternoon. Once in a while, um, I get a call for delivery. So um, that's very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes if it happens in the middle of the office, I'll have to run out in the middle of office. Luckily, I have a partner, uh, Dr. Gwendolyn Chung, who covers me. So if I'm out of the office, she'll see the patients for me. Mm -hmm. And so you've been in private practice your whole career? Right. So after my residency, I came here um, with my husband, who's a radiologist. Uh, I set up practice with my friend and partner uh, who trained with me at McGill. And we, the two of us, uh, have been in private practice since then. So it's been uh, 22 years. Mm-hmm. And when you do kind of your surgical procedures, you do them at the hospital? Yes. Um, and is this employed by the hospital or how does that aspect work? No, we uh, ask for OR time from the hospital, and uh, we just schedule it with the hospital. So the hospital will have their charges, and then we bill for our surgical aspect of it. I see. So um, we're using the hospital facilities, but we're not employed by the hospital. Mm -hmm. Got it. And um, what's kind of the best and worst part of your job as an OBGYN? I think the best part is um, mostly it's a a happy field. Um, We're dealing with helping women uh, in a very happy part of their life. Um, So I think that's the uh, joyful part of it. The um, more difficult aspect is the uh, unpredictability of deliveries and waking up at in the middle of the night or 3 a.m. or uh, having more difficult deliveries that take up more time or are more stressful. How many uh, middle-of-the-night calls would you say you get uh, maybe a month? 
Well, it's hard hard to say, but um, because the day day hours are only eight hours of the day, so two thirds of the time it is going to be after hours. Yeah. So would you say you're kind of on call all the time? Yeah, I'm on call like twenty four seven, except for when I'm off island. <laughs> and so, it, it, when you're off island, does your partner Dr. Chung kind of fill yeah, in for those? Yes. Yeah, so when I'm off island, uh, she covers for me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Are most of your patients longitudinal care patients? Do you see a patient throughout many years of their life, or is it kind of just in one phase? Um, Usually we follow them for uh, see patients for a long time, and that's another wonderful aspect of being in private practice and being in OBGYN. So, you know, I've seen patients from teenage years to, you know, ha- to following them and helping them deliver babies um, until for the last 22 years. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Do you have a favorite kind of case that you like to see? Well, I guess um, pregnancy would be because mm, okay. it's uh, such a happy event. Um, what's really nice is when uh, I have patients who have a hard time getting pregnant and um, with uh, medical treatment and help that I'm able to provide that they actually do get pregnant. That mm. makes me very happy. Are there any cases that are really difficult sometimes in the ob field? Um yeah, like um, one of the more difficult cases are um, unexpected fetal demise. Mm-hmm. So that's a very you know sad aspect. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, it is very sad. Mm-hmm. Do you have ways to kind of counter those kind of moments where it just you know feels super hard for the patient and also for yourself? Um, well, for us, we try to prevent um, provide as much you know comfort and help to the patients as we can and provide the appropriate care um, and referrals if necessary. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for sharing about that. I know it's not an easy subject to talk about. Um, And these situations, they really are out of our control. Um, And to me, to be honest, I, I, it's really one of my biggest fears uh, in medicine as a medical student to go out into the world and to encounter these situations that are out of our control. And I'm afraid about how I might respond to that kind of situation. And I really have so much admiration and respect for physicians and providers such as yourself who are able to bounce back so quickly and to provide such quality care for our patients, um, especially during these traumatic events and certainly afterwards as well. So let's switch gears a little bit. And I was wondering if you could tell us what some of the most common diagnoses you see in your practice are. Well, a lot of our primary care is just for regular pap smear screening for cervical cancer, Mm -hmm. um, other Things I see often in gynecology would be pelvic pain, um, endometriosis, polycystic ovaries. Mm-hmm. So how much of your practice is more GYN cases versus OB cases? Um, is it fairly even in your practice? I think for my practice, it's about 50-50, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's different for every practice and how you like your practice to be. So that's another good aspect is you can... Um, you know, 
gear your practice to whatever you like. Mm-hmm. And I know that at your practice, you have a nurse practitioner that also um, kind of specializes in the internal medicine side. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that most OB guys will do in the private practice? I think it's uh, becoming more and more common. Uh, it wasn't as common before, but it is um, becoming more common and is very helpful in that she can help provide care for um, more internal medicine uh, aspects. Yeah, so you can have patients that kind of go to your office as like a one-stop shop where they can come for all sorts of things. Right, exactly. Right, okay. And um, so you've mentioned a little bit about the, um, you know, the work-life balance being that you kind of have to be on call all the time when you're on island. Can you talk a little bit more about how that's like for you? Um, well, I just take it as part of my job. So having to wake up in the middle of the night uh, sometimes gets uh, hard on the lifestyle, especially if it happens like five nights in a row. Mm-hmm. But it, it is part of the job and it's something, um, you know, I just feel like I have to do. Um, I, I, I usually try to make up for the lack of sleep <laughs> during the rest of the week or during the mm-hmm. you know, evenings. And, but would you say you still have some time um, to kind of pursue your own hobbies and kind of do the things that you enjoy outside of work? Uh, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, as long as you, as long as you make time to do the things you enjoy um, and to exercise and eat properly, I think it's, a, you know, I am able to keep a balance that way. Mm-hmm. And so here, um, especially in the medical education community, we, we've been talking a lot about physician burnout, and I was wondering if you could talk about whether or not you've experienced burnout or and how you might have counteracted that if you did. Um, well, I think so far I have not. It's been uh, okay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do exercise. Uh, I try to exercise regularly. Um and then um, my husband has been very, you know, is very supportive. So when I'm not at home, he'll be there um, to provide care for our children. So who were young, but now they're very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So I think with the support around me, I've been able to uh, have this work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really important to kind of be in a community that's really supportive of kind of the work life as well. Right. Mm-hmm. If you had to share one piece of advice with a pre-med or a medical student interested in OB-GYN, um, what would you tell them? Um, well, I would say it's a uh, great field. Um, I, I like it because you're usually dealing with uh, healthy women, often young healthy women, uh, and it's um, in general a happy field. Um, one piece of advice would be, um, you know, it would be good to be in a group practice or uh, work for a group uh, just so that you have coverage. And uh, it's more common nowadays to be in a larger group so you don't have to be in co- on call mm-hmm. every night. Uh, when I started out, this was, uh, you know, being Working as solo practitioner or in a group, a small group was very common. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe to close this all out, um, given that you've trained in Canada and also practiced a, a little bit in Canada through the residency program, um, could you talk about how 
practicing in Hawaii might be unique um, and different from practicing in Canada? Uh, I find like the community in Hawaii is very um, nice and easygoing in general. So the um, people here are very easy to deal with, um, very, very nice patients, uh, non-demanding. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's a very big plus in the Hawaiian community. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Huang, for joining us today on the show. This has been so inspiring and so encouraging just hearing your story and your journey up until this point. And uh, we at Doc Talk Story and I'm sure all of us at the Jepson community, thank you for being here and for serving the Hawaii community um, as you have for the past 22 years. Well, that's all for us, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to Doc's Talk Story. This was Dr. Diana Huang and Obi Gain in private practice here on Oahu. Join us next time as we continue to talk story with all our wonderful docs here in the islands. And don't forget to follow and subscribe if you'd like to get notifications of our newest episodes. And also fill out a feedback form if you have suggestions or would like to hear from a specific specialty as well. Well, that's all. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and wear your mask.